This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. The BFM Breakfast Grill, connecting you to the top people and ideas. Powered by U-Mobile. 5G now with you. Good morning, this is The Breakfast Grill. I'm Keith Kam. Breakfast is a time for coffee. It's what perks me up and gets me ready for the day. Today, we are bombarded with places that serve that elixir in multitudes of ways and one such establishment is Indonesia's Kopi Kenangan. It's a five-year-old company, but today has over 800 outlets and counting across Indonesia. It is also Southeast Asia's first new F&B retail unicorn. It is valued at more than a billion dollars. Its co-founder and CEO is Edward Good morning, Edward. Good morning, Keith. Uh, thank you for inviting us. <laughs> uh, Edward, um, Indonesia, we know it's a land rich with all kinds of varieties of coffee. So really, it's not a stretch that coffee is embedded in your country's culture. What's the inspiration for setting up Kopi Kenangan in the first place? So back then in 2017, I was actually an avid coffee drinker and uh, I pretty much drink two to three cups a day, right? Oh, uh, like at the me. very least. <laughs> uh, we basically run on coffee, right? Yeah. Uh, and one thing that I noticed back then in Jakarta is that uh, there's no alternative for an affordable, high-quality coffee. If you go to a global chain, uh, typically it will cost you on 40 to 50,000 rupiah, right? If you drink it three times a day, that is 120,000 rupiah or around $12 sing, right? If you drink it 30 to 30 days, right, it becomes pretty much the minimum wage of Jakarta back then, right? So if you think about it, it doesn't make any sense, right? If you want to drink an affordable cup of coffee every day, that price point does not make any sense. And after studying coffee business further, I realized that most global chain try to employ a third home strategy meaning that you know your first home is your house second home is your office and third home is the coffee, coffee shop. shop hence therefore most coffee shop back then in 2017 always have a very nice sofa very fast wi-fi a cool ambient right and a very good uh, meeting point as well right but one thing that i realized a lot of people like myself don't actually need those fancy sofa right a lot of people like myself just want a cup of coffee that is quick good tasting and uh, affordable right so that's why I started that business in 2017 in light of the lack of affordable coffee in Indonesia. That's, so that's how I started, basically. But then again, your average Indonesian, the culture has always been more of a local coffee shop, perhaps even instant coffee for the longest time. How did you get people to want to go for these kinds of uh, brewed coffee? Uh, I always believe that with coffee, it's different with tea. Uh. Tea back uh, since, you know, uh, uh, 50, 100 years ago has always been a loose-leaf tea and then brewed uh, or steeped into uh, hot water, right? But with coffee, I think uh, what has been popularized by a global chain in the U.S., right, is that the espresso culture is blossoming, right, compared mm-hmm. to, say, a few decades ago, right? Uh, so that is why, you know, uh, Indonesia is true. They have been drinking instant coffee. In fact, in 2018, 87% of Indonesia ins- uh, drink instant coffee, right? What is missing in the market is basically an affordable coffee chain that uses an espresso coffee machine, right? So uh, a typical espresso machine, legitimate good one like Victoria Arduino or La Marzocco can cost you up to like 30,000 sing, right? So it's it's expensive. Right. And that is why, um, you know, most people cannot enjoy that good shot of espresso, right? And that is why we decided to, okay, uh, let us do the investment. Let us buy the espresso machine and let us try to distribute affordable espresso-based coffee to Indonesia and beyond. So that was really the genesis of why we started Kopi Kenangan. With all full disclosure as well, I am involved in F&B in my part-time and I know those coffee machines aren't cheap. 
How do you recoup your costs if you're going to make everything affordable for your typical average Indonesian who want that quality espresso? Uh, a lot of the misconception about business is that if you invest a high capex, you need to sell your product at an expensive price. I think that is not true, right? Because at the end of the day, in business, you either want a fat margin or you want volume, right? And it's just a basic supply and demand, right? The cheaper the price, the more the demand. Therefore, you'll have a lot more quantity. Say it's a dollar coffee, right? Say, for example, if back then you can make uh, 0.7 right. uh, per cup, but then you only sell a hundred cup, for example, right? But then my decision is as simple as, okay, let's try to have a COGS of 0.6 instead, right? Yeah. And then you times it by 200 instead of timesing it uh, by a hundred cup per day. Economies of scale. Economies of scale, yeah. essentially. So essentially, I sacrifice a margin. I have a higher COGS than a global coffee chain because of that affordable pricing. However, it is compensated by the amount of cups that I sell per day that is typically higher than your typical third-home coffee player. But, but how do you get the uh, ordinary mm-hmm. Indonesian interested in this after so many decades of going for instant coffee or you know those three-in-one packets I mean I've seen those warongs and they don't mm-hmm. serve coffee as fancy as, as mm-hmm. what you and I usually enjoy well there's really as simple as espresso just simply tastes better I think you yourself who have uh, drink both instant coffee and espresso before can taste and you do know that it's just a lot better right uh, of course one coffee chain always claim that they are better than the other yeah. but one thing that's absolute espresso based coffee with coffee beans that is SCA graded is just much better than instant coffee because instant coffee is essentially an overly roasted grade 3 or 4 coffee beans with a lot of uh, sugar, right, typically. And those are the type of coffee that most Indonesians are drinking and we do believe that they deserve better. They deserve an espresso-based coffee machine. You can say one coffee chain is better than the other. You can say a coffee chain is better than coffee kenangan. But I think it's uh, quite undisputable that uh, espresso-based beverage is typically better than an instant coffee beverage. Kopi Kenangan started with you and your partners, James Pranto and a skeleton mm-hmm. staff of, I think, five. You had 17000 US dollars in capital from angel investors. I was wondering what the pitch was like. How do you get $17,000 from people to start up from scratch? So, uh, actually, that that wasn't from just angel investor. That was actually a cash that we all collected together, right? Like, right? But I think the more interesting question would be, uh, how did you get the initial uh, funding from uh, Alpha GWC uh, amounting to $8 million? So, uh, how we convince people that they want to invest in Kopi Kenangan is simply because a lot of people did not think that a grab-and-go coffee chain can work because they always associate coffee with at home, right? And that is why... Uh, when they saw uh, our business as a grab-and-go coffee chain, right, they realized that grab-and-go coffee chain inherently has a much lower payback period than a third-home coffee shop. It's, it's a given, right? right? If you you know invest capex in a 200-meter-square coffee shop compared to 20-meter-square of coffee shop, the capex is three, 10 times more, right? So that is why, you know, with this payback period that is usually uh, below one year, people know that, oh, okay, this business has a very good, you know, uh, financial return. Uh, it's not just a better payback period and financial return, but it gives you a better scalability as well. Because if you try to build something that is large and very enjoyable in terms of ambient, right, uh, it's very uh, hard to scale, right? right? Uh, whereas for us as a grab-and-go coffee chain, we simply just use our heat map data 
to find out where can we open a store, and then we just use some sort of um, you know plug-in model, right? Uh, most of our stores look the same yes. because we already have a modular uh, design where we just need to plug in. Things depending on the space given to us. This heat map data that you make your decisions on—it's um, something that you use even in Malaysia and wherever you want to open. Um, so we have not used it in Malaysia yet because our data is not as rich as Indonesia, right? In Indonesia, we have 870 stores. Yeah. Uh, so finding out where people are, combining it with a third-party softwares. Basically, we use two third-party software and our own internal data to uh, decide or triangulate where can we open a stores. And uh, it is working very well in Indonesia. However, I think in Malaysia, it's too premature because whenever you want to open a coffee shop, usually you will already have an existing knowledge from an existing local wisdom. Oh, I know KLCC has a lot of people. I know Pavilion has a lot of people, right? So that is typically a lot more sound, right? right? A lot more, a lot easier for you to decide where you want to open. But then once you get across that 50 stores mark, typically it becomes a lot more data-driven, right? Because you'll be venturing into locations where you don't know where the customers are, essentially. In the studio with me this morning is Edward Tirtanata, the co-founder and CEO of Kopi Kenangan, Indonesia's second largest coffee chain. On the other side of the break, we'll find out what expansion is like for Kopi Kenangan outside Indonesia, with Malaysia being its first international foray, BFM 89.9. You are listening to The Breakfast Grill, brought to you by U-Mobile. 5G now with you. BFM 89.9, this is The Breakfast Grill. I'm Keith Kam. Today, we are having a bit of a coffee shop talk with Edward mm-hmm. Tirtanata, co-founder and CEO of Kopi Kenangan, who are now in Malaysia with five outlets, all in the Klang Valley for now. Before we get to that, I just want to talk about your 870-plus outlets in Indonesia. All this in such a short time, just five years. What does expansion look like for you? I mean, I see brand names like Cerita Roti and Chigo, Kenangan Manis. All this is under the Kenangan Brands. What is this Kenangan Brands company? The nucleus of Kenangan Brands is essentially a tech-enabled grab-and-go coffee chain, right? Uh, which is uh, which is uh, uh, under either Kopi Kenangan or Kenangan Coffee in uh, Malaysia, right? But one thing that we realized with uh, coffee, due to its recurring nature, we realized that we can actually offer more to our customer because you typically, when a customer want to drink their cup of coffee, they always want it paired Food. with a snack, right? Yeah. Uh, and bread would be the best, right? right? And that is why we have Cita Roti uh, in Indonesia. We have Kenangan Manis as our dessert brand as well. And one thing that we realized, layering those into our customers create a lot more value. And uh, I think going forward, once we become a lot more scalable, it is definitely one of our intention as well to open Cita Roti or Kenangan Manis to Malaysia. But for now, we would like to keep things simple to offer our core product first, which is the uh, high quality coffee beans that is offered at an affordable price. You guys are very proudly not franchising. Why is that? I mean, doesn't that help you spread out the cost a little bit, help people who might want to get into the F&B business? So basically, since the genesis of Kopi Kenangan, I have never believe in a franchise business model, right? Why is that? Uh, because you see, uh, one of the hardest thing in business is managing people, right? And that is why... Uh, but you're managing 10,000 staff now. <laughs> oh, by this way, a uh, quick correction, we have uh, we only have 5,000 staff uh, right. in Indonesia, but it's very different managing a franchisee and managing an employee, right? Because an employee, they are meant to follow our SOP and we have a career ladder as well for the employee so that they are motivated to work 
work for us, and we even go as far as giving stock options to our area manager in Indonesia. We actually uh, we believe that we are the first retail brand at scale to give stock. To our uh, area manager, right? But then we are only able to do so because all of our stores is uh, fully owned. It's different with, say, for example, uh, in Indonesia back then, say five years ago, I decided to actually franchise to hundred different franchisee, right? Then it becomes a very different uh, ball game because that means they are not my employee; they are the franchisee's employee, right? That's one. And then second, during a downturn, there is more probability that the franchisee will play around with the quality, mm. which is given. Let's say, for example, you franchise a coffee shop, right? And then uh, COVID happened. Then you realize that, oh, okay, my store level margin is uh, declining. What do I do? Then what you do is simply you cut down the quality. Lah. You change the milk, you change the coffee bean, and then the taste would not be consistent. So that is why even during the pandemic, at the depth of it, right, uh, we still maintain the quality. We don't change anything, and then we don't close the store, and we don't even fire the employee. So even it was uh, pretty uh, famous back then, right? Yeah. Uh, in the beginning of the pandemic, we don't fire a single employee. We still give them the THR or the uh, uh, annual bonus, and we even say that all the co-founders will take one rupiah salary in order for us to weather the storm. And that is only doable if you fully own all the stores, because you have full control of what to do in terms of policy, salary, quality, etc., etc. So it's never to franchising for you guys. Uh, we are open to franchise if it's just to one party like for example I think uh, you know just to name names right in Indonesia both Starbucks Pizza Hut and KFC franchise to a single company that is fine because that is something you can control right but then franchising it to say a hundred different individuals is not something of an interest to us now in Malaysia your first <coughs> outlet was open in Surya KLCC about two months ago and in that time you've added four more and this is your first venture out of Indonesia why did you pick Malaysia First of all, what's not to love about Malaysia, right? Uh, we want to become a regional company. That has always been our dream since 2017. Because our mission is to become a regional company that is selling an Indonesian coffee, not as a commodity, but as a brand. Screening through all the countries in Southeast Asia, we realized that Malaysia, they, they actually rank pretty high in terms of easiness of doing business. Uh, and then on top, uh, actually coffee industry in Malaysia is growing at a pretty rapid rate. I believe until 2025, you guys will be growing at close to 8% CAGR. Mm-hmm. And then Malaysian actually consume around 800,000 of 60 kg coffee bag. So you guys drink a lot of coffee. Yeah. Uh, easiness of doing business is up there. So that's why we believe that Malaysia should be the first country to open Kenangan Coffee. So how many outlets are you looking at here? And where are you looking to place these outlets? Are we talking malls, kiosks or standalone stores? So we have an internal target of 50 stores in next year in Malaysia, right? Uh, in terms of location archetype, we rarely ever give a target of how many in each archetype, especially if it's still a very premature market like uh, Malaysia. Like in Indonesia, when we make our annual budgeting, we have 10 different archetypes and then we already know how many uh, stores we want for each archetype. But right. then in Malaysia, it's too premature for us to decide. But one thing for sure, we need to understand the customer better by by try to venture out and open those types of uh, store archetype, whether it be kiosk, whether it be gas station, whether it be mall, office. Uh, right now, all five are still inside the mall. Oh, yeah. So that's why uh, we do realize that we have not understand the customer uh, preference and behavior yet as of now. But uh, that will be our intent for next year. Hopefully, we can understand our customer better and give something better by opening into more and more archetype. Why name change? Why Kenangan Coffee and not Kopi Kenangan? We speak the same language. 
Um, because we don't want to stop at just Malaysia. Our vision is to open kopi kenangan not just in Malaysia, but then in uh, you know Manila, in Bangkok, in New York, in London, right? So that has always been our dream. And one thing that we realize. Only Malaysian and Indonesian know what does kopi means. Maybe Singapore as well, mm-hmm. right? Uh, but then, what say for example, you want to open in London? So that is why uh, you know we have decided. Okay, let's name it Kenangan Coffee. It is more relevant, more direct. Uh, so pe- when people uh, visit the store, they know what we are selling, as opposed to naming it kopi. Yeah. So so where is your next destination after Malaysia, Singapore, and? Um, so basically, uh, you know, we don't know the order yet because there are a lot of applications and there are a lot of uh, things that we need to do before uh, opening a country, right? Internally, we don't know yet, but at least we know that the countries that are on our radar today would be Philippines, Thailand, uh, Vietnam, Singapore, uh, India, and maybe Middle East. And those yeah. applications have already gone in? Uh, we have gotten a legal memo because first and foremost, I think we need to make sure that the governance is correct, right? Especially from a legal side, right? I think we have gotten half of the legal memo we need. Lah. It's still in work in progress. <laughs> well, what is the capital outlay like for each outlet, if you can share? I mean, the setup is fairly simple. I went to the KLCC one and it's at the point where LRT passengers are constantly walking past. I noticed that the machine there's an Arduino and it's 43,000 ringgit. (laughs) You have to train your baristas to handle that machine. I'm guessing you really have deep pockets. What is the timeline of uh, maybe breaking even in this Malaysian venture? Okay, so uh, I think asking about Malaysia is too early, honestly. Honestly, PNL just came out <laughs> from Malaysia, so uh, I wouldn't know yet, right? But you have a target, uh, However, right? in when terms of the... To recoup your, and your... yes, uh, we do have a target, so uh, don't take it as a fact today, right? It's a target, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, just to be clear. So uh, our target is still within a 12 months uh, payback period, right? So far, it's looking good. It seems like uh, we hopefully can recoup that investment uh, within 12 months, right? But uh, I don't know yet. Lah. It's still a forecast, right? We still got to analyze our PNL, but our forecast has always been a 12 months uh, payback period, right? For a kiosk or a shop house, typically it's around 24 months, right? Uh, so we have a targeted uh, payback period for different archetypes. Call me a coffee snob, but when I see uh, a 43,000 uh, ringgit uh, coffee machine there uh, and, and the drinks that you serve are really just your regular boba-style coffee drinks, I, I kind of feel like you are not using the machines to its best ability. Is Kedangan Coffee looking at something more specialised, like you know what Starbucks did with Starbucks Reserve, for example? So what makes, say for example, Starbucks Reserve, right? Uh, what makes it different than a normal Starbucks? They, I think they still offer quite a lot of extensive menu variants, right? Mm-hmm. It's just that the beans are more, uh, there are a lot more beans option, right? Uh, the beans are more curated. It's more as per the SEA standard, right? Yeah, but, but so, Indonesian beans are one of the best quality in the world and you uh, represent Indonesia. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, uh, and I do believe that the beans that we're serving is uh, up there, right? Yeah. It's not that we are serving a low quality beans inside Kopi Kenangan, right? If you want a, a latte, or cappuccino, or americano, as per what you would usually get in a Starbucks Reserve, you can get them as well in yep. Kenan Coffee. And going forward, actually, if you notice, we have uh, two grinders, right, for each store. It's just that we have not launched more beans. I think going forward, we want to launch uh, more and more beans so that, you know, uh, we can really showcase different coffee tastes and flavors from different parts of Indonesia, right? Uh, I do believe that uh, the next beans that we're launching is a Flores Mangarai. 
which is the exact same beans that our head of coffee is using for his uh, WBC championship. Uh, our head of coffee is actually uh, ranked number one in Southeast Asia in the 2019 uh, Barista Championship, right, uh, in uh, Europe. Uh, and he used the exact same Flores Mangai beans in that competition. And that's the next bean that we'll be launching. But uh, I think back then when we were discussing about the launch, we realized that uh, maybe uh, the store operation might not be ready yet for them to actually uh, have two different beans. Because it's more complicated yeah, if you have two beans. And eventually we want to have three as well. So that is why uh, we have not launched that. But that will be our um, future LTO. And hopefully we can launch that in Q1. Kopi Kenangan slipped into losses in 2021 after remaining mm-hmm. the black for 2018 and 2019. Mm-hmm. How badly did the pandemic hit you guys? It's pretty bad actually uh, because back then when we uh, first started uh, until 2019, 80% of our stores are in the CBD area, uh, whether it be inside a mall, office or uh, actually more in office lah, primarily, right? And uh, yeah. in 2021, there is nobody in CBD area, right? Yeah. Everyone works from home, right? So that is why we uh, 80% of our stores went straight to uh, red. But after looking into our data, we realized that the 20% of the stores in residential area are actually thriving really well, actually. We have one shop house in Awamangun, for example. Initially, it was selling around 400 cups per day per store, right? Uh, but then uh, during the pandemic, they can sell up to like a thousand cup per day, right? I was like, oh, okay. Then and then when we look, take a look into our data again, uh, it's not that our customers disappeared, right? They just uh, relocated somewhere else, right? So that is why um, you know uh, we had a big debate in 2021 with our board as well. In the discussion, I believe that the key to getting out of the pandemic is to actually expand more into residential, residential area using our heat map data. And of course, our board was very nervous. Uh, they were like, hey, bro, this is like literally the worst existential crisis that has ever happened to the hospitality has industry. It, it did work. Uh, I believe that in uh, Q4 um, 2021, uh, we, uh, we were actually able to become uh, profitable again, right? Uh, and uh, that is because all those stores that we opened, uh, you know, between 2020 and 2021 uh, are mostly in residential area. And those stores in residential area are actually the one with a very high uh, store level margin. Um, are we looking at a possible listing maybe? Because most unicorns go that way, right? Obviously, it will be uh, one key milestone uh, that uh, we are looking into, right? I think most venture-backed startup, whether it be coffee or SaaS or ride-hailing, would want to go public. So yes, that will be one of our goals in the uh, medium term. Like, yeah. What's medium term like? Medium term will be around two to three years, right? Uh, we do plan to go listing within two to three years. And where would that be? Um, we have not decided on actual exact timing or where, right? Uh, we want to keep our option open because uh, one of the liberty of being Kopi Kenangan where we are not burning you know, billions <laughs> per year, uh, we have the liberty of choice and uh, freedom and flexibility. We don't need to uh, uh, you know, decide today. Let's put it that way. Edward Tirtanata, co-founder and CEO of Indonesia's Kopi Kenangan or Kenangan Coffee as it is known in Malaysia. Mm-hmm. Thank you very much for coming in. Thank you for inviting Keith. I really appreciate the session today. Very insightful. This has been The Breakfast Grill. I'm Keith Kam for BFM 89.9, The Business Station. The BFM Breakfast Grill is brought to you by U-Mobile. 5G now with you. You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.